Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Hello and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network and thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a nine-year survivor, two-timer of breast cancer, and I am the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends of Oregon, in addition to hosting this amazing podcast. And when I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Before I get started with my amazing guest today, I want to give a shout out to Sam Blunk from Martinville, Indiana, who is helping his aunt Shelly Martin with one of our hats that we send out. So Sam, thank you so much for thinking of us and finding breast friends and supporting your aunt on this process. And let's get started. We're in for such a treat today because this woman is a sister of my heart. She is the epitome of a strong woman, a CEO of an international company, Bright, a badass cancer warrior, and just so fun. I am, I've been anxiously awaiting the date when she could be on the show for months. The first time we met over Zoom, we laughed, we cried, we, we just connected. And um, I, my favorite part of the show is meeting amazing women like you. So I want to welcome Luba Sasowski to the show today. So Luba, thank you for being here today. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me and what an introduction. Thank you. My favorite part of the show is highlighting badass warrior women who have taken their cancer journey and turned it into something amazing and to really help out the other people out there who are going through it. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit about yourself non-cancer wise. Oh my God. Uh, I'm an international business owner, entrepreneur. Um, I have a, an amazing fiance. We have a child-free life, which I love. And that <laughs> is really, that's really it. I imagine when you are an international entrepreneur and see you're busy and yeah, you know, while, while I love my son to the ends of the earth and my, my bonus kids that I have, I get it. There are sometimes I'm like, Oh, it'd be so much easier to not, not have to deal with those kiddos. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> the, the staff are like my children. I look at mm-hmm. it that way, right? I get that. And so you started out early on in the, the beauty business. So you did hair removal, waxing, anal bleaching, which we're going to talk about today, people. So, just so you know, anal bleaching is going to come up and it's not a career that many would say, oh my gosh, this is what I want to get into, but you've turned it into a huge success. So how did you, how did you get started and work your way up to where you are now? Um, yeah. So I like, even with all the, you know, aesthetic stuff that you mentioned, I'm not an esthetician. So I've never actually performed any of the services. You're a businesswoman. Um, yeah. I, I came mm-hmm. from a corporate background. I worked my way up. Um, from you know st- like cashier level to a director of um, director of operations for a national company with over 600 stores um, and yeah I just kind of worked my way through that um, corporate didn't work out for me I was very young I was the youngest in the office mm-hmm. I was a female and I with was with strong the- opinions very strong opinions. And I was constantly pulled into the office all the time. Anytime I did something, it was like, this is too outside of the box. This is too, just, you know what, just calm down, let the competitor do it first. And if it works, then do it. And I was like, why? This is cosmetics. Like if you're second to market, you're dead in the water. Like Mm -hmm. it's done. So 
it just wasn't a good fit. Um, I, I've been going to the spa and getting waxed since I was 17, 18 years old. And what I found was there was nothing really available that was for for waxing specifically. Um, you know, I, I when I was a kid, too much information, I used to shave the lower back end of my of my back. And now I have this little rabbit's tail back there. So when I would go in for my bikini waxes, I would say to the esthetician, do you mind just like cleaning this up in the back here? Never Mm -hmm. an issue. But then when I went to pay, I was looked at by the receptionist like, oh, that's kind of weird. We don't have that on the menu. And I thought people grow hair in all different areas and why should we be shamed for it? So that's where the idea came of this like no Mm -hmm. holds bar. We're just going to put everything out there. We're going to wax every nook and cranny. We're going to specialize in men as well because there's no place for men to go. Mm -hmm. And that's where the idea came from. That's awesome. And but like like you say, it's we shouldn't be shamed because of are we the things we want to do with our bodies, no matter what it is. Yes. Like it's like what you, you do you and exactly. And you as a cashier or a, a company or business have no right to tell me that I can't do these no. things that I want to do. And so I'm sure with that attitude and you're like, okay, I can make this better. Yeah. And then you, you found it bright. And I mean, obviously you, you made your way up there and you've got these amazing products that are, um, cruelty-free, vegan-friendly, just a really super healthy product for us. And one thing I love about your company is that you are really women-owned, but you really support women in business. Um, Do you actually have any men that work for you? No. (laughs) No. And that that was a huge mission of mine because Mm -hmm. I was treated so poorly in corporate. And Mm -hmm. anyone that I worked with they, they were men like they were like the vps mm-hmm. the you yep. know presidents the direct like everyone that i dealt with and in the beauty industry they which were all caters 90 percent to women yeah um that you really need to have women who are driving the industry yeah. because if they're not hearing our voices then make your own voice and that's yeah. exactly what you did so i love I just, that i never i never felt supported i never you know I never felt encouraged. I wasn't, I didn't feel like I could grow. And I remember thinking like walking away from there and being like, my goal is c- to create a fun, safe work environment for women to su- and to support women. That was it. You've obviously done that. So listeners, if you have not, check out brightenup.com because her visuals are amazing. They're just super fun. And so it's, it's really cool. But let's talk about why we met. And um, mm. can you tell me about your cancer story? I know you had just turned 40. Life was good. You've got this business, traveling international with, you know, mm and the States and back to Canada. Cause you are from Canada, my Canada mm-hmm. friend. And then life is good. And then bam cancer. Yeah. Yeah. I what, had a, what a, the hell. Yeah. I had a wicked 40th birthday party in a penthouse in Vegas and it was all catered and this like cake that looked like it should have been at a wedding. It, it was amazing. Like the year started out with such a bang. I had lost my mother um, the year prior to that. So I was mm-hmm. really, really kind of dealing with the depression of that because I was her caregiver for God, seven years and she had mm-hmm. dementia. Mm, that's very traveled hard. With, traveled with me back and forth to Vegas every two weeks. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. So then I was dealing with that. I was like, okay, listen, I'm just going to have this huge birthday party. This is, you know, the whole beginning of the year. This is my year. This is it. This is going to be my year. Right. And Everybody mind you, like, listeners, this happened in 2020. 
So just keep that in mind as Luba is telling her story. (laughs) Yeah. So um, we had already worked on Bright. We were testing some product. It was going to start shipping. And um, I was in Vegas and the shutdown happened. So first my store in Vegas gets shut down first. And then the Vancouver one got shut down. And my fiance called and he's like, you need to get home. And I was like, this is nothing. This is going to blow over. Like someone with 2 million followers on social media, some Instagram model got some information, posted it and it went viral and it's not a big deal. Yeah. It'll peak and and then we can all go back to normal. Yeah. So I was like, okay, great. This is like my opportunity to start doing all my commercials for bright. So I called my videographer and I'm like, Kayla, like, let's get to work. Like I don't got a store down here right now. So we shot, we shot a whole bunch of content which was great. And then my fiance kept calling. He's like, you need to get back. You need to get back. And I was fighting him and I was fighting him, fighting him. So I finally came back and I definitely felt like J-Lo because no one was on the plane. <laughs> so I was like flying private. I got my plane. <laughs> the airport, like there was no one at secure, like nothing. I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be a celebrity, but everything was closed. I mean, thank God um, you were able to get home. Well, so this is like a huge part of the story for me. Um, because if I never would have come home, I would have died. Like 1000%. I, I, I know that in my heart, I would have died. Um, I'm not supposed to cry this early into it. (laughs) So then I get back here and my business now shuts down here. So I kind of like, now I'm feeling depressed, right? Like everything's coming back about my mom passing away. And now my livelihood's been taken away. Mm -hmm. And then I wake up one morning and I sit up. And I was like, ow. And my fiance, you know, standing right there. And he was like, what? And I said, I just like, it hurts right here. And it felt like a pulled muscle. Like I had been working out and mm-hmm. a pulled muscle down my side, my right side. And I felt around and I felt this bump right here. So I was like, oh, this is weird. And he comes over and he pokes at it and he's like, oh, it's like a swollen gland or something. And I was like, yeah, totally weird. Mm-hmm. Called my GP now. major shout out to my GP here because I've had him for like 20 years. I have him on text. I love that. Most people don't get to say that or do that, but I've got a great like personal relationship with him as well. So I texted him. I was like, Hey doc, like how do, how do things work right now? Like everything, the world is shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, And he called me and he said, what's going on? And I was like, Oh, it's like weird. Like I woke up with this like bump and it's like, it hurts. And it's, it's starting to kind of like radiate down my arm. And he's like, oh, it hurts. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, like I'm like I'm in massive pain. And he's like, okay, well, it's good news that it hurts. Right, because it won't, won't be cancer. The, the, yeah, the rumor is that cancer doesn't hurt. Yes. But I'm guessing it was pressing on a nerve or something like that. Yeah. So he made me do a self-exam on the phone with him and I explained everything. And he said, listen, I'm going to open up the clinic for you. He goes, I, it's probably like an infected gland. He goes, did you start your period? And I was like, yes, I just started it yesterday. He's like, yes, it's probably that you're too young. Oh, oh God, I hate those words. So um, I was like, okay. So he put me on antibiotics that day. Um, I started them that day and he's like, I want you to be on them like And then three days, I want you to come into the clinic and I I want to manually examine you. Okay. So that day I I headed into the store. My $40,000 order arrived of Bright. 
So my shows have just been canceled. My businesses are closed. Mm -hmm. And my um, director was with me and I was like, hey, Becca, like, I'm going to have to get you to do most of the lifting because like, I've got this bump here and it just like, Mm -hmm. it hurts. And like, I I can't really do much. And she's like, oh, okay. Counted all the inventory. And it sat and I thought, oh my God, how am I going to sell all this? Like, I've got this huge bill to pay. What's going to go on? Saw the doctor three days later and he, same thing. He's like, oh yeah, it's probably nothing, but let's be safe and let's book you in for a mammo, an ultra. And then mm-hmm. if they need to do a biopsy, they'll do a biopsy. Okay. And I was like, okay. Like within, I was in, in 24 hours. That's amazing. And it's because everything had been canceled. Mm-hmm. So they had lots of open spots, right? So they went and they did my um, the mammo and the ultra, and I remember being in the ultrasound and seeing like a big black hole, and mm-hmm. I just knew, like I knew right there, and I started crying. And the doctor had left, and the tech says, um, "Now we pray." And I remember, oh, this this is. Yeah. So I was leaving the hospital and then um, they called me like literally as I was walking out the doors and they said, you need to come back in two hours for a biopsy. So that's how quick, like back to back everything Mm -hmm. went. So then. And you really can't process anything. Your head has exploded. There's literally no blood left in your body because it's all ran out. And yeah, you're barely walking. I'm functioning, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I do the biopsy, the doc, my doctor, my GP calls me the next day and he said, how did everything go? And they had me set up for an appointment. So this is like on a Thursday, Friday. And they said, you need to come in on Monday and we'll go through the results with you. So we're not going to know anything until Monday. Um, so come back in on this day and you'll meet with one of the doctors here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the doctor called me and he said, how did everything go? And I told him about what the tech said, which she was furious about because they're not supposed yeah, to say anything. Yeah, they're not anything. supposed to say anything. And I know she was just trying to help and and give you, you know, some peace that she's praying for you, yeah. but they're really not supposed to do that. No, no. <laughs> so, um, so I just said to him, I said, you know, because he goes, what are the next steps? What did they say? And I said, I have to come back on Monday and meet with a doctor and go through whatever the results are going to be. And I said, I can't, I can't do that. I said, I'm not going to hear. I go, I know it's cancer. Um, and I'm not going to hear it from a stranger. And I know that you're going to get the results before them and you need to call me. And it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon. I was hanging up pictures and I got a call from him and he said, it's cancer. So that's, that's how, that's how I found it. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that I was in Canada. I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful that I had like the most incredible doctor that took it so seriously because my cancer grew from, it was two centimeters to seven in less than a week. Oh, oh, like crap. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So apparently you just, you're, you know, even your cancer kicks ass. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) And then when, when like I got diagnosed and it's triple negative, I didn't know there were different types of breast cancer. Like I thought breast cancer was just well, breast cancer. Why, why would know. you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when my oncologist sat me down, so this is when I, I met with, and she's such an amazing human too. I sat, sat down with her and she's like, cause I said to her, I was like, okay, so great. I have cancer. Um, uh, I'm going to start chemo. So when am I going to be able to travel? <laughs> 
And she because my business is travel. I, you know, I go back, I check out my salons. I have all this product to market and in hopes that, you know, the shows are going to open back up and the world is going to open so you can sell and just, Mm -hmm. you know, get treatment and move on. Yeah. And she just looked at me and she goes, you are going to learn patience through all of this. And she goes, you're not traveling at all. She's like, I don't think you know how serious this is. And she's like, you have the most aggressive breast cancer that there is. And that that kind of hit me like, oh my God. And then of course, like all my friends joke, like, of course you get the most aggressive. Right. I've got Mm -hmm. like the most aggressive personality apparently. So they're like, of course you wouldn't be any other kind. Um, but she, and I said to her, I'm like, Dr. Gelman, I like, mm-hmm. I'm not a patient person. And she goes, oh, I know that. That's why you're successful, but you're going to learn patience. Mm-hmm. So well, I am so grateful. Oh, definitely. That I was here, that I had the most incredible doctors. Um, I'm so grateful that it happened in the pandemic. Um, because you I, actually had the time to get treatment. Cause you, could you imagine if you were trying to, you know, still run your business, sell your product no. and, and going through chemo, it just doesn't work. No. You know, no. I know some, some people are able to do it, but not with the high pressure job that you have. And so thankfully, you know, you were able to do that. I know that your fiance was able to, um, FaceTime with you uh, during your appointments and treatments. He, he came to every single appointment. They let oh, him come nice. Oh, that's everything. awesome. Yeah. So I'm grateful that I, you know, I didn't have to, um, tell the world. That was my other thing was I thought I was going to die and I didn't want to tell anyone. Completely understand that. We'll dig more into that when we get back from our break. So listeners, remember you can donate to Breast Friends on our website or by texting BF Radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends ensure its mission that women do not go through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. 
Thanks for staying with us. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guest today is Luba Sasowski, CEO and founder of Bright, and she's just a badass cancer warrior, and I adore her. So we are talking about how she took her cancer story and really incorporated it into her life and made a silver lining out of it for all of you listeners out there and people around the world. So, um, Luba, we were talking about treatment, how, you know, you were going through treatment during a pandemic and thankfully your fiance was able to go to your appointments and, and you've obviously made it through, but something that during treatment, chemo was giving you rashes and, um, it was causing a lot of skin problems. And what, how did that make your, your entrepreneur brain move? I just, I mean, I think cancer just did that to me more, even before like the whole skin condition came up. I was just like, you know, I was given this disease for a reason. Something's got to give here. Like, how do I, how do I turn this into a positive situation and help others? So that was already going through my mind with the diagnosis. And then the skin conditions came in. So the thinning of the skin, the cystic acne, the dryness, the rashes, everything. And there was nothing. There was nothing on the market. My regular skincare that I've been using my entire life no longer worked. Mm -hmm. The natural organic skincare had scents in it like crazy. Like you think when you get like a strawberry rhubarb natural product um it smells like strawberries and i quickly learned that that's an additive that they actually put in so you know all those natural products Mm -hmm. um weren't so natural and i couldn't stand the smell of anything oh i can't do smells at all anymore and then add chemo into that like you definitely can't smell anything like everything makes you feel nauseous Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is not, this is not going to work. This is not going to work for me. And of course, like I wasn't really thinking like skincare, like me making a cancer skincare at the beginning, because, you know, how does anal bleaching turn into cancer compassionate products? But it wasn't until I met like you had colon cancer and had things going on down there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So um, I remember meeting with my a radiation oncologist months before I was going to start radiation about what the situation was going to look like and what the treatment was going to look like. And he started with, you are very pale mm-hmm. and you are going to burn. You are going to peel. You are going to have severe pain. It's going to be the worst sunburn of your life. And you're going to hyperpigment. And like, that, oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So as soon as he said hyperpigmentation, my brain went ding, ding, ding. Like, oh, I, can, I, can I already have this. a product for that and then I said okay well what do I use and he said petroleum jelly (laughs) and then I was like well that's just going to keep all the heat in like and Mm -hmm. it's just more chemicals so that I literally got home and I called my chemist at my lab and I was like okay we need to make a cream first I went home and I googled like what do I use Mm -hmm. and there was nothing There was nothing that I could find. I found one product um, geared towards radiation. I ordered it. The bottle was so big that I couldn't keep it in my my gimped hands from the chemo because my my hands had completely crippled like this. I couldn't open them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I couldn't hold it in my hand. The cap was too big. I couldn't apply it myself. It, It just didn't work for someone undergoing treatment like those things were not thought of it was consistently slipping out of my hand I didn't like the formula I didn't like the scent any of it so I called my um my chemist and I was like okay this is what we need to make and this is what it needs to do that's awesome I was you had 
you had posted a video, I think it was yesterday on social um, of in the lab and you talking about how you were the test subject. So how quickly were they able to get something in development? Were you able to actually use it for yourself going through this? Yeah. So the first batch, so I went through three different um, products, I guess you can say, like we just kind of tweaked the recipe with me. Um, I got it. I mean, he had it whipped up in like 30 days. So I was able to start testing it on myself two months before radiation or two months or a month. I think maybe a month before I started radiation. Mm -hmm. So I applied um, every day before I even started radiation to prep the area. And that's just with my experience on knowing that like the skin needs to be prepared. Then when I went into radiation, I used it three times a day. So the morning, um, immediately after radiation and then the evening. And I remember I was taking these like little sample tubes and like, there's no shame in the game anymore. Like everyone has seen everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would like jump off the radiation bed and be like, rub it all around. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the texts were like, Oh, what are you using? And I'm like, Oh, it's just a screen, a cream that I made. And I remember like just feeling that they were like, oh, that's cute. Like you like, oh, you whipped kitchen. it up in the kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With your little mortar, mortar and pestle, you're like making totally, the cream. <laughs> totally. And it wasn't until I started because my radiation was very, very aggressive, very aggressive. And it was mm-hmm. every day for 24 days straight. And they kept like coming over and they like were lifting my breast and they're like, why are you not blistering? And why mm-hmm. are like this should be a lot worse. And one of the guys that works there, he's been there for 30 years. And he said, I have never seen someone's skin remain in such incredible condition. What are you using? Oh, my little sample. It's my cream. (laughs) And then they got like interested Mm -hmm. in like, well, like, where did you, where did you get this? How did you make it? So then they became very interested when they found out it wasn't in my kitchen. (laughs) Um, and right, like right to the end, it was like, they, they were amazed when I went and I saw my oncologist, once everything was done, she walked in, she started to feel around and she goes, what is happening? She goes, not only does your skin look good, it feels good. She goes, Luba, it should feel like sandpaper. Mm-hmm. And then I use the product every day after um, radiation was com- like, I still use it today once a day. Mm-hmm. And I have no hyperpigmentation. I have no scars. I have no burns. I've got nothing. That's amazing. So this is how your new products that just came out in November. Is that right? We launched in October. October. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And so they are strength and courage. So can you talk a little bit about each of those? I love the names, Uh, by the way. uh, Thank you. Um, So courage is for face. So it's a facial comfort cream. It's a little bit thicker than the body cream because I found my skin was just so dry and dehydrated and thinning. Um, no scent to them whatsoever. Um, and then strength is the body cream more for, for radiation. So, um, they've got amazing ingredients in them like aloe, sunflower oil, oatmeal, marigold, which is a natural pain reliever, chamomile, white lily, and it soothes, protects, heals, um, acts as a pain reliever and, um, it's fragrance free. I love that. That's just so many natural ingredients was obviously what you've been going for. And how are you, how are you getting these to market? Like, are you just targeting the cancer community for those? Or really, it sounds like they're, you know, anybody can use them. Like I need to go on and I ordered myself some new bright clothes, which I'm waiting for, which are the F cancer campaign, um, which 
they're amazing. But um, so how, how are you getting the word out there? about these new products? So really just kind of social media right now. We obviously have a client base that was purchasing for like skin brightening um, products. So they've all obviously got the the new campaign and everything, which was very well received by everyone. I was a little bit worried because the campaign is very shocking and in your face. Um, and then we start the beauty shows. So we're doing Maui this coming week. Um, we're doing a beauty show there. We've got uh, Vancouver, Canada at the end of February. And then we do New York in March. And then it just spirals from there. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Maui is your first show that you get to actually go back in person, right? Yes. Yeah. And it'll be the first strength and courage presentation that we do. Nice. And you're doing, um, tell me, tell us about the, the branding that you've done with Mm. the models of this because it's so impactful. So when I was, anything that I do with my companies, it's always in your face. I mean, listen, when I opened up my waxing salon, we were doing anal bleaching. I had protesters in front of my business before it was open in Vegas, in Vegas. I, um, I don't understand the protesting. Like, okay, it might not be for you, but don't you have something better to do than to protest a salon that makes people feel better? Yeah, well, that's a whole other podcast. No, that's a whole other show. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I wanted it to be very in your face because I remember the doctors telling me that depending how how things go with treatment, what my cancer looks like, you know, the severity of it, the lymph nodes, all that, there would be a possibility of a double mastectomy or a sing. I can't remember what a single one is called. Um, uh, unilateral. And I remember being devastated. Like I love my boobs and it makes me feel feminine and cancer already took my hair away, which I felt, you know, made me feel feminine. And I was like, no, no, like this, this is, this is, this is awful. Like this, if this is how I feel, this is how other women feel. And then I would look around people in treatment, like where, you know, at the hospital surgeries and stuff, and they were very hunched over and they were covering themselves. And there was a lot of embarrassment. You feel like protecting and we kind of curl up to protect that mm-hmm. part of us that's being invaded and surgically altered and yeah. burned. And it's yeah. It's awful. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking like, this needs to be normalized. And I, you know, I went on to um, like stock photos and I was looking for double mastectomies and everyone looked really sad. Anything that I found, all the models looked very sad and helpless. And I was like, no, this is not what I, this is what people think cancer is about. This is what it's, it's supposed to look like. Mm, no, no, that's not going to work for me. So I spoke to a good friend of mine and I was like, listen, like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. It's still like in a pandemic. I need to like make all this happen. And she goes, Luba, why are you using stock photos? She goes, you know that there's people out there that aren't as lucky as we are to be in Canada to have treatment mm-hmm. paid for that are out wages. They're out, um, they're out work. They're out treatment costs. She goes, why don't you hire a model that could use help instead of, you know, buying these stock photos. And I thought, oh my God, that's brilliant. She had someone in New Zealand, her name is, the model's name is Tomai, and that's who's featured on all all of her images. I completely released all control, which is not like me at all, but cancer teaches you how to do that. Yep. Um, So I basically did a photo shoot from my home in New Zealand with Tomai. 
I went on Instagram and I just did like hashtag editorial photographers, New Zealand. And I swiped through a whole bunch of people. And this one person came up for me and I messaged him and I was like, I like your work. I've got this project. I don't have a whole lot of money because it's brand new and I haven't been able to sell anything. Um, Would you be interested? And we met on Zoom and he said to me, the first words he said to me was, did you find me through the Breast Cancer Association in New Zealand? (laughs) And I was like, no, no, I had no idea. Like nothing that I saw on his page was, and he goes, because when I got your DM, that's where I was. And he goes, I've been a huge supporter of them for the longest time ever. So talking about like your world aligning completely, like this is meant to be, he drove out to her. They did the photo shoot in her home. And then I got all the raw images and I worked with my designer to put it together. How did you find her in New Zealand? So it was a referral through a friend that knew her. Okay. It's, you know, uh, listeners, we were talking before the show, just the amazing connections that you make through the breast cancer community, because we've gone through something and finding other people who are advocates and who get it, it really, it, it has just so completely opened up my world to a whole different thing that I would have not known otherwise, but talking about the normalizing the what what it looks like is so important and there's a few photographers out there i know um we're both we both your friends we follow jen rosenbaum on social there's also the breast cancer portrait project there's empowered mastectomy where they're posting real images of what it looks like to be breast cancer thrivers and um i i still want to do it i i'm i'm tattooed i have nipples tattooed and i have um Uh, cherry blossoms on one of my breasts because I had a lot more work done on that side. And I love it. Like I, this is who I am now. And I've obviously incorporated the cherry blossoms into the rest of my world. And, you know, not everyone gets to see that they're on my breasts. Yeah. (laughs) But, you you know, this is how, this is who we are now. And, you know, moving forward and your, your marketing campaign for this and your branding previously for all of the bright products is awesome. You have women of every shape, size and color on there which not, not all of the world looks like us. They don't have our skin color. You know, they're the women who go from size two to size 30. And it is important to recognize that, that we don't all look like the models that we see on TV or the actors or actresses. And it's just important to, for acceptance and for the rest of the world to say, wow, I get it. I see, I see you. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I have made a plan that every year we will feature a new new model. Doesn't matter what type of cancer they had. Doesn't matter if they're male or female, but we will have almost like a, what do you call it? Like a model search where people Mm -hmm. can submit people. um, And then we will pay that model a fee for their, for their time. And hopefully that can Mm -hmm. go towards any sort of um, treatment. We will uh, feature a photographer each year and each year we will have a new campaign um, and allow that person to share their story. Well, I will definitely make sure to share all of that info when it comes because thank you. definitely we want to get the word out there and find you know women who really want to share and people who are in need because cancer really can, it can devastate you financially. And obviously, as you talked, you're in Canada, so you have a, a better health system than we do here in the States for sure. But like for me, I'm fortunate that I had family help when I was yeah. going through this. My first time I was diagnosed, I got my diagnosis in December. I had eight bazillion tests and then nothing happened surgically until January. I know. So I literally paid two $5,000 out of pockets back to back. Oh and my God. 
you know, and it just money, just it's, you know, there, that's again, that's a whole other episode. But um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about in your marketing campaign with a beautiful photo of you and the new products, there's this quote. I had a choice when I was diagnosed, feel sorry for myself or make a change to seize the opportunity to help others. Feeling sorry for myself became boring within a week. (laughs) And just tell me, how how did that, like, tell me, tell me the thought process about that. I I will tell you exactly where I was. (laughs) Like, I'll never forget that, like, aha moment. Um, my fiance and his two friends, our two friends, built this like cancer corner for me, cancer cabana in the backyard for me, where I never ever went. Cancer house for cancer cabana. cabana. Sorry, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I never went there in like the seven years that we've had the house, and we've got this beautiful space. And all of a sudden, I was like, you know, you start looking at things differently when you're diagnosed. Like, oh, there's hummingbirds and there's birds chirping, and I've got this beautiful back area that I've never done anything with except thrown shit back there. And I remember sitting out there and that was like where I would go and I would process and I would think and I just like, it was about a week. And I remember like doing the woe is me. Why me? Why did this happen to me? I didn't do anything. I'm not a smoker. I'm not a drinker. I exercise. Why, 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 why? This isn't fair. And I was doing that out there. And then I just got this like rage inside of me. And I just thought, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you, cancer. You're going to give this to me. I am going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to help other people. And I, it, it came from literally just like pure rage. One day out of the blue, about a week. And that and that's where that, that quote comes from. Exactly. Like, I'm bored. This is boring. <laughs> like, I'm, bo- I'm bored. That's awesome. And it's, it reminds me of something you said to me a few months ago, I injured my back, I I fractured an L2 vertebrae. And you had sent me a message and you're like, okay, you get to feel sorry for yourself for seven days, and then get up and, and then get back to it. And that really meant so much to me because it was just like, okay, she's got a purpose. She gets it. She understands that we, we do not have time to sit down and feel sorry for ourselves. So that meant a lot to me. And I love that you were able to share that. So we do need to take a quick break. So listeners stay with us and remember if you or your loved ones are going through chemo and need a hat, please go to our website and search the hat project and you can get a hat sent out to cover your beautiful bald head because you can be temporarily bald, but permanently beautiful. So stay with us and we'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Michelle, and my guest is Luba Sasowski. And we've been talking about all things Bright, the amazing products that she's created for the cancer community and others out there, products called Strength and Courage, and you can find them on brightenup.com. And they, she also, we're going to jump ahead real quick, has this amazing line of merch that they've just launched. And she's wearing one of their fabulous t-shirts, which says, Save Motorboating, find a, Let's Find a Cure, which is just I love it. And there's, there's also a lot of that, you know, there's some other fun stuff. So you should definitely go check it out on their shop bright page, but let's talk about something fun. So we are actually Peloton sisters, mm-hmm. which God, we love our Pelotons. And you, you also post videos of yourself working out and just really with your trainer and kicking, kicking ass basically. And you've only been out of treatment a little bit over a year and you're killing it. <laughs> Girl, like yesterday, it was like a wet t-shirt contest with sweat. Oh, well, that's, like, that just happens to me all the time. It was crazy. Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's that's kind of how I found you and how we connected because I, I found you on Instagram and because I just literally scour for, you know, for breast cancer things. And I was seeing your videos. I was like, okay, she looks awesome. And just showing your workouts. And, you know, back then your hair was a lot shorter and, it's, you know, you could tell that you weren't that far out of treatment and you were really just working it hard. And we followed each other on Peloton after we met on Instagram. And the funniest thing was I've only taken one live Peloton class because I'm, I'm literally scared to death of that whole thing. I just do the videos and ride at my own pace. But literally, I searched the tags and Luba was there with me. And I was like, what the hell? This is my only live class. Like, it's just another thing about how when you're in the right place in the right time and the worlds just connect. So that was super fun. So, cool. so I know. And now, now we're going to be friends forever and hopefully right. meet up in Vegas next year, which would Absolutely. be really cool. Yes. I don't know that I'm going to be going to Chippendales, but you know, we're going to make it a mission to come to your golf tournament. Please. Yes. yes. July. Yes. I will be here. That's Perfect. awesome. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to hook you up with that one. Perfect. Um, but let's talk about, we'll get back to the cancer and you, you say that cancer actually was a really good thing happening to you. And that's a really, that's a strong statement. So can we talk a little bit about that? Mm, yeah. I, I, you know, I say that cancer is the best thing that's happened to me. Oh, here we go with the tears. Um, there were a lot of changes that I should have made a long time ago. And I didn't, things didn't become clear to me until I got sick. You know, there were people that should have been removed from my table ages ago. There was changes that I should have been making in my business ages ago. There was changes that I should have been making in my relationship and made more time for it. 
I didn't look at any of that until I got sick and everything just becomes so clear, so crystal mm -hmm. clear. And since I got rid of specific people out of my life, since I made changes in my business, since I made time for my relationship, like everything is aligning and everything seems easy. I don't want to say easy in the sense of like, oh, it just, you know, it's easy. But I was raised by Eastern European parents and the whole motto, everything was like, if it's not hard, then it's not worth it. You need to work for what you, what you want. You need to work harder. You, like everything was such a process and you just have to work that much harder. And if it doesn't work out for you, you just got to work harder and harder and harder until you get it. As opposed to you learn a lot about surrendering and vulnerability with yes. cancer that I didn't have before. I always fought so hard to get whatever I needed to happen instead of like, putting it out in the universe and accepting what the universe was going to give me because that was the right path. So things just became so much more clear and things just aligned. Things just happened. Yeah. When you are faced with potential mortality and something like this, especially with your cancer that was so aggressive and literally growing like that in a week, you know, the, the stars aligned for, for you to get home, for you to have your amazing GP and then getting everything done so quickly to, to essentially save your life. There, yeah. there was a reason, there was a reason for that. And it literally, the universe is telling you, okay, this is time to take, take a step back mm -hmm. and you don't have to be type A rushing and, and going out there all the time. Yeah. You, you really need to, and not that your, your professional life or your relationships are bad, but you need to figure out the right way to have them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know you've been with your fiance for a long time, but it's nice to be able to, to kind of step back and say, wow, let's, let's really refocus on our relationship because who knows how long we have. Yeah. And I want, I want to appreciate every day. And yeah. I, I know for me, I definitely, cancer has put me on a whole different life's journey. In my past career, I was a chief level executive assistant. I was great at my job. I made good money. And then I became a stay-at-home mom, which I would not trade for anything. But then after I was diagnosed with cancer a second time, I was like, okay, wow, I need to do something yeah. different. I'm, I'm more than a wife again. I'm more than a mother. I'm going to become a cancer advocate. And yeah. so now I found this amazing organization that I work for. And now I'm able to do this where I mm -hmm. get to meet people like you who are just such rock stars who've taken something really shitty and mm -hmm. turned and turned it around into something so positive. So I, you know, people have asked me, do you, would you change it and not get it again? I'm like, no, hundred percent. No. You know, do I love all the things that it's happened to my body? No, oh. but you know, I'm here and that's, that's what's important. I mean, my husband and I, we, we just recently decided we live in Portland, Oregon, and we recently decided that we want to buy property in Montana. And in 10 years, when our son is out of school, build a house, retire there. My husband wants a giant wood shop and a, a firing range, and I'm going to breed dogs or who knows what. Right. But, but it's being able to have that clarity like, okay, this is what's important. Yes, you know, my, my work is important, but my family is important. And finding all of that balance. I think is yes. something that finding that is really something else that cancer does teach us, which yeah. something else to, for me to write about finding the balance. Cause sure. I've already written about so many things and you know, the cancer takes all of your control away, but yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what needed to happen to me. Like, I think mm -hmm. it was, you know, a gift that was given to me to be like, Oh no, you're, I, I always say that like 
we sit there and we plan on what life is supposed to look like, right? Like, oh, I'm going to do, and like, I, I did that my whole, like, I knew exactly mm-hmm. where I w- was going to be at 21, 23, 20, like 30. I knew everything and I had this massive plan. But what we don't know is that like life sits in the corner and watches us do this and laughs and is like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've got other plans, but you know, keep talking. Mm-hmm. This is entertaining. <laughs> I love that. Um, What are some words of wisdoms that you would tell someone who's been recently diagnosed? God, this is hard. This is, I I get asked this often and there's just, there's so much to say. Um, One, I would say, take a deep breath. It's a long road. Um, Find your person. And -hmm. if you don't have that person, bring a recording device to all of your appointments because what you usually hear is not really what they're saying. You usually take a lot of the negative things and only hear that. Or even it's like Charlie Brown speak, like they're talking and you're like, it's like wah, wah, wah. And literally, I remember sitting in the the office with tears streaming down my face. And thankfully, my husband is sitting there next to me taking notes and because I can't I can't process anything. Um, So sorry, keep going. You got I know you have other good stuff in there. So I know. So so find your person or if you don't have a person, bring a recording device and stay off the Internet. Yes, 100 percent, because you you don't want to know these things like listen, listen to your your oncology team and your practitioners and and people who've been there. And definitely one of the some words of wisdom that I have learned is to just remind people out there that you are not alone. You are not alone in going through this. There are many women and men who've gone along this path and make it through on the other side. Mm. And it does get better. I was recently responding to someone in one of our, our groups and she's like, I'm a year out and it's so, I'm just, I'm so sad and it's so hard and, you know, does it get better? And I'm like, it does get better. Yeah. It it does. And you know, the, the old adage that time heals, it really does. It's, it heals your body. It heals your mind. And, but finding that support um, that you need, whether it's your person or a support group in person or online, or, you know, even social media, following different people who have amazing words of wisdom. And, you know, you can go out today, listeners, and put in hashtag feel them on the first or feel it on the first, and you will find an amazing community of, of people out there who are there to support you. So it's definitely something that's so important. Um, what is the one thing pre-cancer that you miss the most? The feeling in my fingertips. Really? Is that, so you ha- is that from neuropathy from your chemo? Yeah. Oh, mother yeah. forker. And it's like, yeah, it's just like one of those like small things that you take for granted, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever it is, like I'm not able to kind of open up a, a bottle top the same. I can't squeeze a pimple the same. Like I just, I've got no feeling to do any of that stuff anymore that like, I, I, I really, mm-hmm. really, I miss that. And I think about often, like, as my hands were crippling, like what was the last moment that I was really that you had that to touch and feel something. Mm-hmm. I get that for me. Uh, well, there's definitely a list of things, but I've had a bilateral mastectomy, so I don't have the sensation in my reconstructed breasts. Yeah. And that's kind of hard. It's, it affects, it affects your body image because you, you can't feel different things and it also affects your intimacy with your partner. So you have to really learn other ways to, to deal with that. And mm. I'm, you know, my thing is I, I do have, you know, health issues and joint issues, but I'm here. And that's yeah, always what yeah. I say. I'm, I'm here yeah. 
to not have those, you know, not have that sensation, but hundred percent, that's the most important thing that we're yeah. here. And the, one of the craziest things that I miss, and it's all that same shit that we like complain about as women, our whole lives is I miss my period. I do. Oh, I see, do. I don't, I don't miss that at all. I, I got, I, I was, you know, <laughs> I was in, I was, um, I've got chemo pause, mm-hmm. right? So I induced through um, chemotherapy, but it, you know, something that I hated my whole life and struggled with and the cramps and everything. But now like, I just feel like my body is aged so much. Like I'm 41. I shouldn't mm-hmm. be in menopause. Yeah. And so, m- do you have all the rest of the menopause symptoms? Oh, yes. Oh yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Good times. There's, there's other shows on that out there too. (laughs) So what are your hopes? We have a couple more minutes. What are your hopes for bright going forward? So I don't have hope. I just know that it's going to be an international recognized brand. Um, We are already on our way. We have distributors in South Africa, New Zealand, um, Australia, Canada, us, and we're starting to get orders from Dubai, Mexico, and the UK. And I just want it to, I just want it to Mm -hmm. help people and empower people feel better about themselves and just make their cancer journey just a little bit better, a little bit easier. And uh, of course we still want to bleach all the assholes. (laughs) Here, there, there are um, people in your salons that wear the t-shirts. What is, um, what is it? I, I don't work for assholes. I bleach them. So is that, that was what my, it is? That was my very first uniform that I created when I left corporate. And it said, I used to work for assholes. Now I just bleach them. And I sent that to my boss <laughs> with a card that said, how is this for staying inside the box? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, I, I should have titled this, this show, like staying outside of the box, because that is a hundred percent where you live, but it's yes. where you, it's, it's where you're comfortable and, yeah. you know, it's, but you're making changes and you're making a difference for so yeah. many people. And that is, that is so important. So gosh, Luba, tell us how listeners can find you on social and on the web. So you can find me uh, at Luba Sosowski, L-U-B-A-S-A-S-O-W-S-K-I. That's also my Peloton name. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find the brand at Brighten Up, B-R-Y-G-H-T-E-N-U-P. That's with Bright with a Y, um, and that is on all platforms. So TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Follow her and bright. You will not regret it. So Luba, thank you again so much for being here today. I just, you, you have highlighted the start to a wonderful day for me. And I just, I love you so much. So listeners, make sure you go follow her and the company. Um, If you or a loved one out there need our services, please visit breastfriends.org. You can make a donation on our website or by texting BF radio to 41444 to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. If you would like to be a guest on the show or send me your warrior story, please email me at Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. I would love to hear from you and you can find the show on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, along with all of our past episodes or wherever you find your podcasts. So we'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.